Well, I invite you to open your Bibles with me this morning to 1 Peter chapter 5. And we'll be looking. Peter is uh, closing his first letter with some practical exhortations. And he has focused a lot on the fact that many of them, these sufferings and persecutions and trials uh, have a tendency to produce a measure of anxiety and of anxiety, which life just continually seems to uh, to throw at us. So let me start reading in First Peter chapter as I have the privilege of reading for you the inspired Word of God. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand because He cares for you. So again, as we have read this passage, Peter's uh, addressing his readers who are facing a lot of opposition from the culture in which they live. Uh, they have opposition to the gospel. They have opposition to their, their lives. There's a great potential for anxiety whenever we live in the midst of the world. A child of God can lose friends. Sometimes he will lose or she will lose social status or their livelihood or maybe even their life. And sometimes all of these worries can bunch up in a big ball of anxiety like a dark cloud that just into it. We're all inherently worriers. It just kind of comes with, with life. And seven, back up to verse 6. So in verse 6, he just told them to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And verse 7 basically tells them how they humble themselves under God's mighty hand. One of the ways they show that heart that does not cast its anxieties on the Lord, but it continues to worry and worry and fret and stew and the worries and stresses get bigger and bigger and we don't cast them on the Lord. We just hang on to them and that actually is the opposite of a humble heart. That's actually a proud heart. Say, so, well, how is that connected? Well, see, a proud heart is a heart that's very self-centered. Fix it. Can I fix it? Do I have the resources? To do it? And it's all self-centered, which is a form of pride because God has been pushed to the sidelines. So it makes sense that Peter is exhorting his readers to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And one of the ways you humble yourself is you bring God back into the picture and you take your anxieties and you cast them on the Lord. That's a humble heart. Because that's addressing your problems, that's addressing your stresses, your trials with God in the picture. And now I'm going to humble myself. What is a definition of an anxiety? Well, it's a mental... Some have defined it this way. Anxiety is a mental distress caused by fear of some event with potential negative consequences or something like that. 
It can start out as a trickle of concern. It's okay, we have concerns. Those are into an anxiety. It becomes distressful to the point to where we're not trusting in the Lord. So it can start out as a concern that's like a trickle in your mind. And then it begins to flow stronger and harder and gouges out a big gorge, a big valley. So that all of our thoughts, all of our other thoughts fall into this great pit. That's what an anxiety does to us. Anxiety or worry can be linked to memories of the past. Things that we've done in the past that we still just really worry about and we're fearful about. Anxieties can also be connected to pressures of the present, things I'm going through now, or when there are future-related worries or anxieties, we get ourselves all worked up in a tizzy, and a lot of times those fears never even materialize. We end up punishing ourselves for weeks or months and years, possibly, with anxiety over what doesn't eventually even come to pass. We often stab ourselves with imaginary daggers or starve ourselves with imaginary famine for anxiety in Matthew chapter 6. Remember in that great passage where Jesus is exhorting His disciples not to worry about their life. He says in Matthew 6.25, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. And then Jesus goes on, you remember the passage, I'm sure, where He says, look to the birds of the air, see how God feeds them, look at the lilies of the valley, or the lilies of the field, and observe how God clothes them. And then in verse 30 He says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, Will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You're so worried about all these things, your faith is small. So anxiety and worry, really, and we do this all the time. I mean, I do it. We, we all do it. At, that's why we worry. That's why we get full of anxiety. We're not trusting God. My faith is too small. My faith is small. Maybe I'm not much of a super saint like I think I am. George Mueller, who knew something about trusting God, said the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. So that's generally what anxiety and worry is. It's because being concerned about things. Anxiety and worry on this sinful level is very destructive. It's like termites that bore their way into the wood of our, of our life and they just chew it up and destroy the wood. That's what, ter- that's what includes sleep. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and man, these could trap. So now he speaks of the worries of life as just weighing us down. It'd be like a millstone tied around our necks and it just brings a heaviness to our spirit. We're just, we're just kind of weighed down with the worries of life. And Jesus says this can drag you down in such a way again that we're unproductive for, for the Lord. 
because the worries of life have just uh, brought us low. So what is the uh, the cure then for anxiety and worry? I had memorized maybe seven or eight and, uh, the anxiety would lift and I'd feel the peace of God and ten minutes later I would lose it. I mean, it was an intense battle. So I understand worry and anxiety. At World's Rise, casting is a word of release, of letting go, of throwing it away, of separating it from us, removing it from us. Because if we don't, the anxieties are like an acid and they'll just eat and burn their way into our soul. So cast it away. Throw it away. Psalm 55 verse will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And by casting it on the Lord, if we can cast it and leave it there, it will definitely smooth out our life. Because life is, is full of potholes. And when we're able to cast it on the Lord, it feels cast all your anxiety. Not just some, but all of them. Paul agrees with this, Philippians 4.6, when he says, be anxious for nothing. So you can't just cherry pick anxieties and fears. He cares for you. He's more than able to handle them, but you must give them to Him for His children. Psalm 94 verse 19 says, When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. So the anxieties that we have can be offset by knowing God we have. I think what Peter is emphasizing when he says, cast your anxiety on Him because He cares for you, is the simple fact that God is not indifferent to your circumstances. Whatever it is that's causing you anxiety and worry and stress and fear today, God is not indifferent to those. He loves His children with an everlasting love. Our names are inscribed on the palms of His hand. His eye is always upon you. He knows exactly what you need. He's not indifferent. And oftentimes, the, the proud heart, the anxious heart, puts God off to the side and we're dealing with all of our troubles just in our own strength, our own abilities, which is never adequate. And so we're full of anxieties and fears and stresses. Peter says, no, remember... God wants your anxieties because He cares for you. He loves you. He's a perfect Heavenly Father who cares for all of His children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He Himself knows our fame. He's mindful that we are but dust. Handle with our anxieties in our own strength. But God cares for us. He has compassion on us. He wants us to give Him our worries. 
Psalm 139 says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How God cares for us. His mind and heart and eye is always upon us. Give Him your troubles. Give Him your worries. Give Him your anxieties. Based on God's plan and purpose for your life and my life, trials and troubles are a necessary part of that. We cannot escape it. You will have the troubles. You will have all the the trials of life. It's a part of what God has ordained for each one of us. But because God has a purpose in them all, He wants us to learn to trust Him in the midst of it and cast those anxieties upon Him. See, our trials teach us to trust. And that's why God ordains your trials. They are there for a purpose and a reason to teach you to trust. And if I believe that, then I'm more able to release my anxieties and worries into the hands of my Heavenly Father who cares for me. So how do we do this on a practical level? How do we cast our anxieties on the Lord so that they don't come back like the, like the boomerang? Well, there's several things, I think, from a, a practical level that can help us to do that so that we, we live more in the peace of God rather than the fear and anxiety of life. When I mention impotence, I'm not talking about, well, then you don't do anything. No, we do what we can. We try to be obedient to the Word of God. We, we try to, by faith, this section on exhorting us not to God. See, even Paul says, bring it to God. Bring it to God. With thanksgiving is embedded in that. Because you know He's in control. But you bring it to God. And since Jesus taught that our worries are often due to lack of faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ, then Scripture is essential to enabling us to cast our anxieties on the Lord. We've got to go to the Word to renew our understanding of God's promises and God's character. Because that's going to help us cast our burdens upon the Lord. So there are several other things we can add to this. So number two, once we acknowledge our impotence, we need to trust in God's provision. Because God has promised He would provide for you. Whatever area of anxiety you're wrestling with, God has promised He will provide for you. Now let's go back to again our Lord's teaching in Matthew 6. This is a point He's really drilling down on with His disciples. Verse 26, He exhorted them, look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He provides for the birds. And a lot of times He does it through you and your bird feeders, you know. But He provides. Paul adds his contribution to this truth when he says that my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
that worry that you have, that anxiety that you have, God will provide your needs. You can trust Him in it. So we need to trust in God's control. Excuse me, in God's provision. And thirdly, we need to trust in God's control. Many people, when they're going through a really difficult time or a trial or a struggle, they get overcome with anxieties, begin to think that God has abandoned me. Well, he's not. He hasn't. God is always with us. He's promised never to leave us. He's refining you through that trial. He's sanctifying you. He's helping you deal with your lack of faith. And like in my condition, showing me that my faith needed a lot more grace, a lot more strength. He's stressing out about. He has a plan for it. And it's a good plan. We all know Romans 8.28, God works all things together for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. He's working that for your good. And you're just worried and scared to death over it. And yet God has already told you that He's going to work it for your good. So give it to Him. Give the worry to Him. Paul goes on, Paul also says in Ephesians 1, that God works all things after the counsel of His will. He's in control of these things. He is sovereign over the circumstances that we become so worried about. He's totally sovereign over it all. Psalm 33 says, The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. God's plan can never be frustrated. He frustrates the nations. He, he, he nullifies the counsel of the peoples. But His counsel stands forever. Nobody can thwart His purpose. And that's why we can trust Him that even though these circumstances seem so bad in my life and I'm so worried about them, I love what Proverbs 16.9 says, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So you had this wonderful plan And this plan was just going to do all kinds of wonderful things in your life. And uh, you come to, let's say another scenario, you come to a fork in a road, you evaluate it, and you decide to go right. You're going to take the right path. And again, and issues begin to grow and problems begin to arise. And suddenly you think, what in the world was I thinking I made a huge mistake. I've fallen out of God's perfect will. Is the way we oftentimes think of it. I think that's unbiblical. Left instead of right. And now I'm regretting my decision and I'm worrying about all these issues now that I'm having to face because I made this decision. And yet, biblically, we need to stop and ask ourselves, who was it that guided our steps to go right instead of left? Well, it's the Lord. We plan our way to be for His own purpose, which is inscrutable, which I may not be able to understand or comprehend. But He has a purpose in it. That God has you right where He wants you and He wants you to trust Him in it. 
to grow your faith, to see in His provision, the promise of His provision, to find rest and peace in His control, and to learn to trust Him for it. God's purpose is infinitely wise and holy and good. Don't think that you're going to understand it all. That's why we just have to learn to trust and to... And it says that they... It was a test for them. Do you not care that we're perishing? And Jesus rose up in the boat and He says, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind... And God could rescue you out of your anxious circumstances today. Right now, if He wanted to. And if He chooses not to, it's because it's better for you and God's power, or you're going to push God aside and try to handle it yourself, thinking you can you can bear it. And woe is me! What's going to happen? Fear, anxiety, worry. Peter says, "Trust in the Lord." See, God has the power to help. He created the universe, the two trillion galaxies that they think are out there now. God created them all. He created the earth. He spoke the world into existence by the make fish run into Peter's net. He can direct the rain and the thunderbolt so that there is no sin, there is no demon, there is no tragedy that can overturn God's hands. His plan rules over all things, all circumstances. Trust Him and cast our anxieties upon Him. We need His help because we show ourselves we're too weak. We need to remember and trust in His provision. He's promised to provide. We need to acknowledge His sovereign control of all things. And we need to find comfort in His power and to know that if God leaves it in our life, it's for our good and for His glory. So that God cares for us far more than for the birds who nevertheless trust Him daily for their food and they sing in response. Observed just how much humans worry about this and that. Said the robin to the sparrow, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be they have no heavenly Father. Because even the birds can tell us, look, your heavenly Father cares for me. Won't He care for you too? So cast your anxiety upon the Lord and leave it there. Because of God's provision, because of God's control, and because of God's power. Because we do have a Heavenly Father who cares for us so much 
that he wants us to learn to cast our worries on him. He can handle it even when we can't. And may God give us the faith to do that. I know I need it at times, and I'm sure we all do as well. So let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father, we do uh, thank You carried their own daily anxieties and worries and fears about life, just as we do today, 2,000 years later. And since Your Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, because it's edifying and it's inspiring. And Father, for many of us here this morning, possibly that may be carrying a heavy weight of anxiety about the future, fear about something that might happen, which may or may not happen. We don't know. Lord, when our faith grows weak and we begin to believe that I have to handle or deal with these troubles all on my own strength, Lord, deliver in our faith that we might cast our anxieties on You, confident in knowing that You care for us. So help us, Lord, in our weakness. Strengthen our faith that we might walk in trusting You and find Your peace and become fruitful for Your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.